A Hello? We have a mystery egg symbol. Yeah, don't worry about the egg. Kind of normal. G'day, buddy. How you doing, mate? Uh, good evening. Good morning. It's morning for you, isn't it? It is morning for me. Give me a second. I'm just going to turn your volume up a bit. You're a bit soft. <clears throat> Try talking now. Hello? That's better. I'll get um, cool. chat to confirm, but they should be able to hear us both quite well. G'day, Winstride, that lad. <clears throat> Cabillo Live, Mike Doherty, Tank Dazza. We've got a, Shane O'Mighty, we've got a few people in chat, mate. Here to witness my one-on-one, -on -one, my... Did you, did you get my Mano on Mano reference in the Twitter post I put out? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's a great Mano line from um, one of my favourite movies that is so politically incorrect, but um, uh, Ford Fairlane, Rock and Roll Detective. It's an absolute classic movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. Rinksy, Aussie Rogue, Freakin' Red, Jadfire. They're all popping in now that you're here, mate. Yeah, we've got someone good looking <laughs> on the camera. Oh, gosh. Relax. So, mate, I've got a format that I go through. Um, I don't know whether you've ever watched any of them, but I want to ask you a question straight up off the bat. Sure. Is there anything you haven't been involved in that's related to Daisy? Uh, I mean, a lot of times uh, people come out to me a lot. They last they, they they like to they'll come out and they'll say, "Hey, can you make this happen? Can you make this happen?" And as much as I love saying yes to everyone, I can't. So yeah. there's definitely quite a few things that I haven't had my fingers in. But I mean, there's plenty of mods out there that that have just kind of released on their own. There's the whole. There's a whole other side of the, com the, the modding community, um, and it can be made into an entire discussion if you want to. Um, like the Nightwolf side, the Russian side of the community that I don't yeah. even partake in. Yeah. That's, a completely, that's a completely different animal. I don't, we don't even really condone half the stuff they're doing because it's literally against BITOS. But, like, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of stuff that I haven't had. That's interesting uh, because um, for the, the non-modders uh, like myself, you know, we only get a, a bit of a glimpse inside um, as to what you guys all do in the community and to hear that there are, and yeah, it's probably a, a lot of it's a language barrier, um, but it sounds like there's a bit of a moral barrier as well. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And a time barrier too. But before we go any further on that sort of stuff, mate, let's talk a little bit about you. You are a fascinating individual, mate. I teed up this um, uh, spotlight quite some time back. Uh, waiting for people to put questions up and all the rest of it. But I'm just fascinated by your story. So let's find out a little bit more about you to begin with. How old are you? 22. Fuck, you're young, mate. I'm old enough to be your dad. <laughs> it yeah. Ma it makes me feel so fucking old. My son is two years younger than you. I got a, I got a lot of friends in the community who, are, who say that too. Yeah. Like uh, a couple of good friends like Lynch and everybody. I'm friends with, I'm friends with both Lynch and his son. We, yep. we all came together. It's, it's a cool, they got a cool dynamic going on. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, do you have a missus? Any kids or anything like that? Or footloose and fancy free? You're a single dab? No, nah, I'm single. Ooh, single and available, ladies. This man's got a bright future ahead of him. I reckon you'd be a good catch, you would. <laughs> Jeez, I'm sounding like an old man now, aren't I? <laughs> I, want, I want to reach out and pinch your cheeks. <laughs> I mean your face cheeks, not your butt cheeks. Uh, okay, okay, okay. 
Um, and what do you do other than this? Like, everyone knows you used to work with SpaceX. Right. Uh, right now, for the for the entire, for the pretty much the duration of the summer, I was full-time involved in modding. Um, as you know, I was also streaming <laughs> at the time. Sorry, I just saw what Winstride wrote. I want to pinch those cheeks. All right, Winstride. <laughs> Winstride, you can slide my DMs later if you want, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got me. He, he knows. He knows a guy. No, I, um... Over the summer, I was pretty much full-time modding, um, yep. and I think it was actually, or up up until this point, I've been full-time modding. Throughout the winter, I was doing a lot of full-time as well. When you say um, full-time modding, work. just full-time modding for Daisy. Yeah. And Contracting a bit of a personal question here, but were you able to make a decent income from that? Eh, not really. I mean, there's not that much money in Daisy as it is. Like you think about <laughs> most of where the revenue comes from, it's from servers. Yeah. And you can't can't sell mods. You can't sell, like, packed mods to servers, so I can't just, like, commercialize something like that. I have to actually make something, commission something, and then sell it to a specific server, and then they run it custom. So that's kind of that's kind of how the, the revenue Z works. You know, now's probably a good time to talk about that, mate, because, yeah, I've been very vocal on the podcast um, about the need for some change in... Um, I haven't really gone too hard on the, the the Bohemia side of it. I've been going more on the community side of it, that the players and the communities out there need to support you guys because the more they support you and the more that people like yourself are able to make a viable income from doing this, yes, it's great when people do it as a hobby, and I understand the argument that people have that it should be, you know, should be a hobby and all the rest of it, but if you want quality stuff and if you want commitment, then people like yourself have got to be able to see a, a, a viable income. You know, the, when you look at the flip side of it, us fucking showboat and streamers, if if the running man wasn't receiving the income he does, if Lax Hawthorne wasn't receiving the income he does, if Smoke wasn't receiving the income they do, then they wouldn't be able to keep on streaming and be there for people. Yet everyone thinks it's okay to give money to streamers, but... So many people balk and raise that stupid argument, and it's stupid in my opinion, about they should do it out of the goodness of their own heart. Motherfucker, goodness doesn't put food on the table. Doesn't put a roof over your head. I can see I can see the the logic behind it. There's not most people don't really see past what they're doing in the game. So people have like gamers are uh inherently needy. It's a kind of unver it's a very needy system. It's it's interesting. It's, it's almost like a vacuum. So you have, people have this expectation for games, right? You see it all the time. Everybody overhypes the shit out of every game on the planet. Cyberpunk 2077 was never going to meet anybody's expectations because it was in development for eight years. There is nothing that you can do on a video game that's going to meet people's expectations. And they, and they still failed it pretty miserably because of the bugs that they had on release. Because it was rushed by business and stuff like that. So there's always like this vacuum. And there's this need for that stuff. So people have an expectation when it comes to video games and they have this expectation of quality. Yeah. Most of the time, modders don't really deliver that. Modders are just there to have fun. I take, I, 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 I'm personally, I enjoy the idea of perfecting something and making it so, you know, uh, just to put something on the pedestal, we'll call, we'll call out the storms for a minute, for Namalsk. The, the Namalsk storms, like, it was very, very easy for me to make something that was 30 seconds long that bear that you know just worked as it was and didn't have all of the little didn't have all the cracks and crevices filled right now the storm as is you got to think how much there was zero infrastructure when i made this project right so i had to go in and i had to write infrastructure for hey what what if somebody joins in halfway through a storm you know oh. they they aren't synced up with everybody else so how are they going to get that information in 
how are they going to know exactly what's going on? You'll see like things like um, there was an issue the other week, to be very specific, with Shroud, where Shroud jumped through an orb that was visually filled, but it didn't teleport him because the orb was actually very small on the server. I, you know, stomped that bug pretty much after I saw it because I felt so embarrassed by something like that. I'm like, I can't, I don't want to have that. But I enjoy the idea of filling out those gaps and making it feel completely in full. And we've thought of everything and it should, it feels like something that should be in the game. Because Adam already did that, did that with Namalsk. Adam took those extra steps. And I just felt, you know, I felt completely compelled to do that. And I feel that mm -hmm. way with the editor. You know, any other project that I do, I feel like it needs to be fleshed out completely. And I enjoy that. But I've gone so far off topic. Anyway, there's like a, there's like a vacuum of expectations for games. And it's easy for somebody to give money to a streamer because they're just entertaining at face value. And if people are hanging out in chats. I do the same thing. Uh, I watch a lot of Twitch streams, especially when I'm working on mods. So it's it's very easy for somebody to be like, oh, I'm entertained by this right now. I'm going to hit the button. But if somebody shoots a gun that sounds really cool and it's flashed out and it's awesome, we're like, they're going to think to themselves, well, yeah, I kind of expected that. And they're only going to get they're going to get pissed if the gun didn't do that. Yes. But if the gun met their expectations, they're not going to be like, oh, I want to give you money because it met my expectations. It's just great. Good job. You know, that, yeah. that's kind of how the dynamic, it's a very strange dynamic, but I can, yeah. I can understand why people don't give a lot of, yeah, get a like lot of I, said, money I understand it, but that's why, you know, pretty much every week and even again today, I've been harping on it, just trying to change people's mentality that, you know, if you've got maybe five bucks spare um, and you've already subbed and donated to your favorite streamer or YouTuber or whatever, maybe look at your favorite mod and find someone Definitely. to chuck that five dollars to you know, most of them have got Patreons, um, like Base Building Plus, who I've been plugging a bit lately. They've been doing some amazing work. Um, the Daisy Expansion Project had a Patreon as well, um, or a donation link at the bottom of the mod. Uh, I even was on a um, uh, Daisy Down Under server the other day, and they've got this really cool little pop-up that comes up with for the PVZ mod. Um, and it says uh, press spacebar, and you press spacebar and opens up five links to their, uh, to their PayPal, to their Discord, um, and then to the three different um, links to the three mods they've got, which I thought was fantastic. It was great to see, mm -hmm. uh, see a community supporting one of the mods that helps make that community the way it is. Uh, you know, I know they uh, can't do much more than that, but you know, there's, there's, it's great to see more people starting to talk about it. And it's something that I, uh, I feel quite proud about that you know, we're starting to hopefully get you guys um, a bit more income and um you know some of the commission jobs i know dancer jesus has been getting some commission jobs with uh map making and you've been getting some commission stuff with making custom mods or even just fixing stuff for you know part-timers who dabble in it and they can't quite sort something out so heck i even commissioned you myself and then i closed my server <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i take a lot of time i do take a lot of time i help out because i'm a i'm an admin in the modders discord and i'll spend yeah. several like an hour every day like just going through and helping people out and giving them pointers and i never expected to turn i got my website up on my discord which has a donate link on it but i never have expectations for that because it's still it's modding it you know we're all out i'm out here having fun now what else, what else do you do outside of modding do you have any <laughs> other hobbies uh i spend a lot of time hanging out with friends yeah. uh playing games getting ideas throwing stuff around um, actually. <clears throat> Ooh. I've been a musician all my life, too. So I play piano, drums, guitar. I do that every once in a while. I actually just got my piano back, finally. So I've been playing that. Can you, uh, what's it called? No. Fertilize? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Huh? But Federer, I think, is one of the most um, complicated. Sure, sure. Federer, Federer, sure. not Fuzderer. Um, from, that's from Skyrim. Yeah. No, there's there a piano piece. I, 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 met, I had a guy who I knew, uh, and he was such a bogan sort of guy, and then one day he saw a piano and he's like, oh, I might have a tinkle. And the next thing he starts belting out this classic, Fur Elise, Fur Elise, there it is, Lazian. Oh, yeah, I can play that. I'm not going to, but I can. It's been so, it's been so long, I don't want to embarrass myself. Come on, just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit. No. Come on. People in chat want it. They want it. No. See, two people have said it. Just, just, just five seconds of it. I just want to see the twinkle fingers. Tickle the keys. <laughs> I will not let you peer pressure me into embarrassing myself on stream. I can't do, I can't do, I can't do it. I don't, I haven't practiced. I don't, I don't, I don't practice much anymore. I need to, but we will compromise that's, that's another 50 cent on there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's, it is, uh, it's, it's not surprising to me. Uh, you're such a talented person that I'm not surprised that it extends just beyond reading weird languages on computers and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So you said you've been doing that all your life. Any other instruments? I've been playing drums since I was like six. That was my instrument. Which don't have a kit piano here. or drums? Probably drums. Although I haven't done it in a long time. It's half the reason I'm so skinny, actually. It's just because I just was playing drums so, so much as a kid that I was just like constantly slim all the time. I, was, I played so much. I feel sorry for my mom, to be honest with you, because she was the one that had to put up with me beating on the drums all day long. Yep. So you're a, but, music, you're a musician, you're a computer uh, geek. Man, you're just ticking all the boxes for a geek lord. You must have been fucking awesome in school, man. Were you into Naruto terrible. as well? Terrible in school. Terrible? God awful. I actually, I have my transcript sitting right there. I'm not pulling it up, but I was applying for colleges, and I went through my transcript, and I was awful in school. Absolutely terrible. Really? I think I'll do. I think I'll do better in college, but high school was just. <laughs> but I know I, I was such a. I was so bad in high school. <laughs> <clears throat> that surprises me. I honestly expected you to be like a A plus student all around or something like that. You were just too absorbed in um, your hobbies. Yeah, uh, I was a huge. As a really, really. I, that was around the time when I was really getting into gaming a lot more, and I was a huge Counter-Strike. <clears throat> yeah. I had several thousand hours in CSGO, and uh, and I was just playing. I was playing that so much, and I was so absorbed and enjoying that. I was just, you know what it was I for me? I couldn't focus on it. You know what ruined my school? What? Dungeons and Dragons. Gosh. <laughs> I um, haven't even gotten into... My friends have tried to get me into D&D, but I never, I never jumped into it. I never, I never took the bait. I used to sit there in the back of the classroom just rolling characters with my... 3D6, and yeah, I was complete and utter fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. High school was not a good time for me as a young fella. I really, really struggled fitting in. I was just totally absorbed with Dungeons and Dragons and then with the military as well and joined the army, and yeah. Oh. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> the other one I want to know is your name, Inclement Dab. What's the story? Oh, yeah. It's not that it's not all that extravagant. Uh, when I was like 15, maybe I was playing. Um, I, I needed a new name. I, I won't say my old name, but I needed a new name because I didn't. I didn't like it. It wasn't. It wasn't sticking. 
and I was sitting on the couch in my living room, and I was playing Halo Reach at the time. And um, I was just like, just trying to think of a name. Great game. Probably one of my favorites of all time. And I'm just sitting there on the couch with my friend, and I'm scrolling through stuff, and there was this thing. There was this, like, ability that you could put on your character or whatever. It was just a cosmetic. It was called Inclement Weather. And I'm like, I like that word, Inclement. That's really unique. That's just a different word that I, I didn't even know what it meant when I was 15. I still, I still barely know what it means now, and I'm 22. <laughs> but I, I'm like, hmm, what could I put with Inclement? Because the Inclement's just, on its own, doesn't work. What about, like, I, I just kind of went through different things. So I'm like, Inclement, death. Yeah, that's great. My 15-year-old mind latched onto that perfectly. So that was my Xbox username was Inclement Death for a while. And that stuck for a long time. Um, up until recently when I picked up Overwatch fairly competitively. And awkwardly enough, there weren't enough characters to fit Inclement Death. In fact, I was I had too, too many characters. So I'm like, and I used to change my name. Like, Inc- I would make my name all kinds of different stuff. Like, I, I can't even remember off the top of my head. But I would, I would just make my name like Inclement Bad. Uh you know, all these different weird names. And Inclement Dab was one of the spinoff names. And I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. Inclement Dab's kind of cool, right? And then, oddly enough, the Dab part stuck better than the Inclement part, so I just went with Dab. I, you know, a lot of people call me Dab now. Because mm. I guess it's easier to remember. It is. So now I'm, now I'm Dab. That happened shortly before I joined the DayZ community. Act. Wow. So it kind of worked out. It did. It did work out for you. Um, <laughs> Inclement Death. I like that though, but man, you're, you're bang on the money with Reach. Reach is potentially, um, arguably, one of, the, if not the best, um, Halo game. Um, that oh, said, yeah. I'm also a Halo ODST fan. Um, I loved it. It was just good to the expansion on the universe was what sold it for me, and they played it perfectly. The game was absolutely brilliant. Um, just a pity what happened with the last few Halos. Um, yeah, makes you want. Yeah, to cry. Club of Dad was one of them too. <laughs> yeah, I think. Can you see it? There it is. There's our Halo Three collector's helmet in the background there behind me. Sadly, it's not one you can wear. Oh yeah, well, you got to get the. You got to like haul it out. Uh, but it's, it's, it's got this nice little stand that it sits in. So yeah, I will always call him Inclement Dad now. <laughs> not a bananas ranking all the Halos in chat. Yeah, Banana's older than me, though, so Banana likes, like, the, the, the older games. <laughs> <clears throat> Banana probably fondly remembers booting up Halo 1 for the first time. Combat evolved to me, and like, oh, this is amazing, you know? Like, that was probably his first experience, I believe, though. Yeah. So, <clears throat> what got you into gaming? How old were you? Ooh. I don't know. I think I was gaming at... I remember, I remember gaming at when I was, like, six or seven years old on my GameCube. Uh, playing games like uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Yep. Probably one, that was one of the first games I ever played. I, I, I distinctly remember, actually, the first day that I ever played games, I went downstairs to the basement on our giant crappy TV and plugged in a GameCube, and eight hours went by just like that. And my dad got really pissed at me for sitting on the games all day. And he's like, what are you doing? Why? You're going to rot your brain. And I'm like, I was having fun. What do you mean? It was a good time. And then he still hasn't changed his stance on gaming, but it's, uh, yeah, GameCube, uh, GameCube got me started when I was really young because yep. I had friends that played video games, and that was always fun. <clears throat> Sorry, I just I just had a uh, uh, so your dad still even though you've managed to basically make a living, you've worked for a company like SpaceX, all from your love of gaming, and he still thinks gaming's bad. I uh, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I um I've tried to get my little sisters into it, and he wasn't too keen on that. He wasn't he wasn't too into it. 
Um, although they're still doing it anyway. I think my I think uh, one of my sisters is into Roblox now. Yep. Uh, so how old are your little sisters? It's inevitable. Uh, I have one sister that's four and one that's nine, and then my eldest sister is eighteen. Yep. She just graduated last year, high school. So I have three sisters. I'm the only. I'm the only boy. What's your favorite game of all time? Ooh. As a as like a storyline game, the most impactful probably Portal. I really, really, really liked Portal. Portal and Portal 2. Because I played them both, like, side to side. I didn't have to wait, like most people. I loved that game so much as a storyline. But, like, as a long-term game, probably something like Counter-Strike. Yep. So you're actually um, a bit of a um, first-person shooter. Love oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how, what, um, now, for those who understand, I have no fucking clue. But what sort of rank did you make it to in Counter-Strike? Uh, global on matchmaking, and I was like eleven point zero RWS in ESCA. So is that good? I made, yeah, it's okay for the amount of time I put into it. I put a lot of time into that game. Yep. <clears throat> I played a lot of Counter Strike before the whole new rank system for ESCA came out. So you so started. No. You started on consoling. Um, how did you get into PCs? What was your first PC? Uh. It's funny, actually. I went to my dad's house today, and I found my first PC sitting in like uh, sitting in storage, like the old case for it. I wish I have it. But I built my first PC just kind of off of like some old junk PC that we had in the house, and off of a bunch of weird YouTube tutorials. And I basically stuck a, like a GTX 670 or something into it, and uh, and I played Team Fortress 2, <clears throat> TF2, and Battlefield 3 were wow. the big games that I started with. And it was like, uh, I remember it was a P- that, that poor PC was a piece of junk, but I loved it nonetheless. And I've built upon it ever since. <clears throat> so you built your very first PC? Well, my, like, my first PC was like something we had in the house, mm-hmm. of course. But like, when I went to play to, to gaming, and I'm like, okay, I want to actually play games on PC, I, yeah, then I did build my first PC. And how old were you when you did that? I don't remember. <laughs> Probably 12 or 13. And I'm 47, and I'm too scared to fucking add memory to my computer. Ah, it's like Legos. It's like big Legos. With the chance Jesus, Dance of Jesus is the same way. With the chance of shutting out your PC. No, just unplug it. You're good. You unplug it, drain the power, fine. Drain, see, drain, I, I think if I unplug something, it's, it's, it's good. Then you're, now you're, see, it's little comments like that that make me go, nah, this isn't for me. Drain the power? How do you drain the power? Let it sit for a minute. Okay. Your your computer will have power like residually in it for like a minute. The, if you see the little light on the motherboard turn off, then it's then it's good. Get geeks to you. I'm just... being told. Don't forget your wool <laughs> socks. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Static electricity. Yeah, that much I do understand. Yeah. See, see, you do understand. See, you're good. <laughs> you're like we're like worlds ahead of everyone else. You're fine. <laughs> Dude, I've seen some nightmare stuff. People, their computers are built to be like, you know, pushed around a little bit and, and beat up. And I've seen people like do shit like hot swap RAM while the computer is running. I've done hard drives, but stuff like in the computer while the PC is running. And I just look at them. No, don't do that. Don't do that. No, you just got to look, you got to look away. You feel like 
You feel like they're committing a crime. It's terrible. Let it sit for a minute and then press the power button as well, people are saying. Yep. There press the go. power button when it's unplugged. That'll do it. <clears throat> so what are you running at the moment? What sort of PC have you got now? Uh, I got... Currently, it's like a i7-7700K GTX 1080, 32 gigs of RAM. I gotta have a lot of RAM for all the stuff that I do, but... It's not that crazy. I just got an M.2, like, two months ago. And an M.2 is... Fast yep. SSD. Yep. Very fast. <clears throat> Which was uh, kind of big. Actually, I could probably just show it to you. It's not that much. It's, it's kind of a mess down there, but... Meh. Yep. Top fan doesn't work. It's got an extension cord on it. It's just a computer. It's nothing, it's nothing crazy. I have, a, I, have a, I have a pill bottle holding up my graphics card because it was so heavy when it went in there. That's been in there for years. <clears throat> Did you build this one yourself? Oh, yeah. How much do you reckon you save by doing that? A good 20% on your total price, probably. They do a good bit of markup. And do you, do you, is there a regular place you buy all your parts from? Amazon. Amazon? Yeah. I use PC Part Picker to put stuff together if I'm, if I'm nervous, like about like CPUs and stuff, but mm -hmm. just Amazon or Newegg. Whatever's in stock. Anything you got planned uh, coming up? For the computer? Yeah. I ain't got money. <laughs> I ain't got enough money for that. I could, I'd get a 3080 if I could afford it, but... And, and if you could find are. one. Yeah. Those Possible to like get right now. Fucking hen's teeth at the moment. Mm. <clears throat> Which, as you uh, know yourself, delayed something that we've got hopefully being announced this weekend. Um, trying to get fucking sorted, but yeah. Oof. Um, what do you use for recording software? Just OBS. Just OBS? Yeah, that that does it for me. I have a I have like a second PC in the back with uh with a capture card. I actually got that when I was streaming full time, mm -hmm. and I didn't wind up using it because it was just ended up being too much of a burden for for exactly what I was doing. I was it was just easy enough for me to just use the integrated setup for now. Yep. And what about um editing software? Premiere. Yep, Adobe Premiere. Adobe is the best for any for everything, from what I can tell. It's all very well done. <laughs> I've always noticed you, you, the, the Sony Vegas people nearly 99% of them all started off because they could get their hands on the cracked version of it oh yeah definitely I used to use Sony Vegas for the exact same reason but yeah. then I'm like alright if I'm going to do this seriously I'm going to use Premiere <laughs> no I use Adobe um, and if an idiot like me can use Adobe um, there's, there's no reason why anyone out there can't be using it to do just simple edits. You don't need to be as full on as like a Fubar Bundy and those with the special effects and all the rest of it. Um, you know, actually, that was a hobby of mine for a while. I was editing. <clears throat> really? If you want to talk about hobbies? Yeah. I actually used to make a lot of videos. Yep. I can send you one if you want. Like what sort of videos? What, what did you have a channel? Mm hmm. Put it in chat. What's Let's check it out live on stream. Got to find a good one. Hang on. <laughs> I gotta find a good one. That's so important. I used to do a lot of VR. Virtual reality stuff. Yeah. It's gonna be... I wonder if I'm gonna get kicked. Or... Timed out.
Thomas three shenanigans. Battle of Khan Bunny sad. Why is Khan Bunny sad? <laughs> Does it tell you what ISIS have? AKs, jokes, stuff with explosives and RPGs. I think I that's Sounds like one of us. <laughs> Fuck me, I'm bleeding bad. Hey, I need you to get me a fucking medic or else I'm gonna die. Are you? Most likely. Can, uh, this isn't bad, a right? Helicopter shaped exactly like an A10. I used to spend I used to spend like a lot of time like editing stuff out and, and yeah, making stuff. I've say it. I've changed like a lot of stuff, but it's just a hunt IR. Don't freak the fuck out. Roger, Roger. Be advised, we have spotted one times enemy airdrop directly above us. Watch out! They're uh, calling in a supply drop. It looks to be a can of Pringles. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Our snipers have high vis vests. That's nice. Hello. OSHA called. This is OSHA approved for PID. This is pretty cool, mate. I'm gonna stop it now. Also, if you don't um, traffic control, just look. But I like it. I like the style. Um, it's definitely um, you know, a style that's been done quite a bit. Yeah, Jad saying uh, reminds me of Soviet Womble. Um, yeah, I was definitely heavily inspired by those guys back then. But since since I've you know tried to find my own sort of styles and stuff like that. When I was doing it afterwards, I I did like Valorant for a little while too. Yep, I like it. It, it works for me, um, particularly the you know, mate, anyone who makes a good ISIS goat fucker joke um, gets a, a th big thumbs up of approval from me. Uh, hey, that was back when it was like that was back when it was a big deal. That was 2018. Okay, that was the biggest problem that the entire world faced at the time. Okay, it was oh, very I, relevant. I like, it. <laughs> I, I, I like those jokes, mate. It, it's fucking it's a win for me. I mean, now nowadays it's all you know. <laughs> Pandemic. Yeah. What Boring. pandemic? Is there a pandemic? No. Sometimes I don't go outside. <laughs> so why did you start creating content? Um I was bored of my day job. So I um I started out like I got out of high school, um, and I immediately went in my dad owns a machine shop. Uh so I immediately went into that and I was bored as hell, to be honest with you. What were you um, doing? I was well, I started out as a machinist, then I started, then I moved up to setup guy, then I moved up to being a CNC programmer, five axis programmer. Um, and I was just kind of like, I wasn't really enjoying it. It was very manual. It was very, you know, labor intensive and I wanted to do other stuff. So I was making content just for fun as an evening hobby to see if I could make anything out of it. And I mean, I feel like if I maybe continued on it when I was doing it in the first place, I would have gotten somewhere, but I kind of got a little bit burned out from doing that um but i made content just just as a hobby just because i was bored and having fun <clears throat> so in the time that you've left high school you moved up three positions admittedly in your dad's organization in your dad's company you work for spacex um and for the last year and a bit you've been modding heavily in day z and when did you start at spacex uh, probably 2019. I started at SpaceX on my birthday. I think it was my 19th birthday. Or my... Well, no, it was my 20th birthday. I did my interview at 19. It was my 20th birthday I started. And what were you doing there? Uh, I, I started as a CNC programmer. As a 5-axis programmer. I was, I was fortunate enough with my dad's company to have good guidance on what I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then my abilities with software kind of lended to that. And I moved on and moved up to there. To something actually pretty good a pretty good job um with spacex and i was very fortunate in that regard. now for those who don't know can you explain what a cnc programmer is so uh on 
say air i did a lot of aircraft parts obviously and then you know it moved on to rocket parts but mm -hmm. they're still technically they're they're very in the same regard as aircraft parts a lot of aircraft parts need to be very finely machined or created to because you have very very strict tolerances you don't want to be on an airplane that has a giant piece of metal hanging off the back of it nobody likes that that's a you know that's kind of a, a bad thing so you know there's there's programmers that program this part you basically i turned the block of metal into something good and usable and you know send it off to inspection or whatever uh and i would hand the program off to somebody on the floor and they would basically make it happen um and that's that's kind of what it was and the five access guys were the guys that did the weird crazy stuff the stuff that the engineers kind of thought about a little bit and didn't really think about too hard they're like hey eh, they can they can handle it they're good at it and they sent it off to us a lot of r d um a lot of crazy weird stuff uh, I won't go into much detail, but stuff like the uh, SpaceX Raptor project had some of the craziest stuff I've ever worked on in my life on um, to this date. Like, just just absolutely testing everything that you know about what you're doing. And it was very fun. That was very enjoyable for me. But my understanding of, like, CNC programmers is you're basically like computer metalsmiths. Pretty much. A lot of programming, a lot of letting the machine do the work, but also still having to interact and... That's... Yeah, it was a lot of uh, it was, it was a combination of trade skills and computer knowledge, which was a niche in that community. Considering most of the guys with the trade skills were much older than I was, mm -hmm. um, and I got a lot of respect for those guys that are because they are there are some very very good. It's from what I understand as They're well, even here good. in Australia, it's a good it's a good paying job as well. Oh yeah, definitely. If you, uh, it wasn't really for me. I was kind of just into it from a, a young age. Kind of grew into it. And then I sort of did a little bit of growing on my own and realized, eh, this is not really something I want to do for the rest of my life, you know? Because mm -hmm. I feel like I'd be programming between the ages of 20 and 65. I don't really want to do that, you know? Because programming is basically the top in machining. So I was like, I want to go to college. I want to go do something else. And that's kind of what I'm pursuing now. So when did you <clears> start getting into the harder. coding side of computers? I actually got into programming at SpaceX because I wanted to do some internal software. So I... Spent some time at home learning how to do C-sharp programming. And it carried on over to being at work. And my supervisor, you know, my, my, the whole team was basically clued off and saying, yeah, man, if you're going to get us this internal software going, it might take you a little bit longer, but you learn quick, do it. Make it happen. And that's literally what got me into programming. It, I started with C-sharp and Java. <clears throat> and I programmed, I basically programmed some internal software for us to use on the floor with the machines. So it was kind of a, it was basically like a, a transition software and it made my job a little bit easier while we were. And it was that, of course, it was that lovely thing where because you made it whilst employed by the company, they took the proprietary ownership of the software and didn't give you a oh, yeah. single penny for it. Well, I mean, they paid me hourly, so I'll take that yeah. over anything, but I was perfectly happy with, uh, you know, revoking my IP rights to that. It's nothing I would even have any use for at home anyway, so... <clears throat> So how how many years ago was that? That would have been two or three years ago now. That would have been that have been about two years ago because I was with them for a year and then I've been back home for about a year. Okay, so maybe I'm blowing wind up your ass here, but probably in two to three years, you taught yourself coding, and you've got this reputation as basically the go-to fix-it guy for modders in the Daisy community. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really. I just kind of, everybody else gave me that role. I just kind of chill and do whatever I'm doing. Oh. 
what else are you going to be doing? You just, you're, you're, this is one of the reasons why I, I asked you to do a spotlight interview is there is so much possibility and so much potential stored in your, uh, what did you call yourself, scrawny little body. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, like, um, for like college, I'm taking a totally different direction. I'm going to throw myself so far out the box, I want to flop like a fish for a bit. What are you doing? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, physics. <laughs> so you said you I want to get I want to get into research in high school because you were admittedly paying more attention to things that Actually, weren't as important as your on. studies, and you're going to go do physics. What did you AP get for physics. Maths? What did you get for maths? Well, I failed algebra two in junior year, and then I got a D in senior year. <laughs> But hey, I relearned all the stuff that was in Algebra 2 after I got out of high school and understood why they were teaching it to us in the first place. Because I never understood that shit. I'm like, why do we care that Y equals MX plus B? I don't understand. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, now that you do it in games programming, it makes sense. It, it, it's easy to sort of put stuff together when you're in that range of area. Like when you're in high school, it's just a marker on a whiteboard, you know? I always, I have this philosophy that if I ever meet the bloke who combined the alphabet with numbers, I'm going to punch him in the fucking face. <laughs> Somebody had to do it, right? Yeah. It needed I, to be I done. Hated, I hated algebra, fucking cosines and tangents. and. I, uh, when I was in school, I hated it too. I hated the shit out of it. Yeah. And it still kind of drives me nuts, but not as much as I used to. <clears throat> God damn, you're fucking annoying at how good you are at so much shit. <laughs> I'm terrible at other things. Like what? What are you terrible at? Conversation. You're holding a very damn good conversation right now. Yeah, social lubricant. <laughs> Helps a lot. As Jad's saying, <clears throat> it is much easier to learn when you want to learn. So I think that's Definitely. where a lot of people do struggle with school is, you know, they're forcing it. It's hard, you know, when you're that young to picture why this, unless you've got uh, tiger parents um, that, you know, control your life, it, it, it is hard to fully understand the, the reasons why you need to learn this stupid stuff like letters being involved with fucking numbers. Amazing. <clears throat> you, you are an incredible young man. I, now, I know this is, I'm probably going to say that again at the end, but that blows me away. It's, it's really good to see that you finally found, you know, um, some sort of path that you want to take for the future. I'm very excited to see what happens with you in the future, mate. I don't think um, this is the last people to hear of uh, Inclement Dab, you know, the EVR storm and things like that. I think that's going to be just a, a bare footnote um, in the uh, story of what you get up to in the future, mate. Sounds like a nice future. <laughs> I appreciate it. Now, let's talk a bit about Daisy. Did you play the mod? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was, I played that through high school, too. Daisy mod and Counter-Strike was, was my high school. Yep. Do you get to play much Daisy? Yeah, with friends. I'll play in the evenings. I've actually been streaming again recently, just playing the game with friends. No modding, just having fun. Which has been really fun, actually. I was playing with, uh, like, Calf, good friend of mine, Katie, mm -hmm. Deadcode, Grazant, those guys. We all just kind of hang out, sour sweet. We just, we just hang out and call, and we, we just go around and run around and have fun. Have some drinks at night. It's a good time. Foxy Pote um, posted a question on the uh, YouTube video. Um, 
Why did you choose the DayZ community for modding? Um, I think I came, I, I remember bits and pieces. Like I was just, I was just playing games. I was playing Valorant and I kind of caught wind through a friend or whatever that like Daisy finally got like helicopters and vehicles and stuff. And it was expansion that did it. <clears throat> and I'm like, all right, well, I want to see what this is all about. Cause this sounds fun. Cause I loved Daisy as a kid and I want to, I'd like the idea of coming back and having, you know, this new experience. So I came back to it. And it kind of, while I was doing it, I was like, well, I was frustrated with some of the servers because I felt like I could do a little bit better for the server. So I, you know, I, I just like kind of jumped around and I was looking at modding and it's like, well, I modded Arma 3 a little bit. So I wonder how different this is. Wow, this is a lot different. Daisy modding is way better than it was in Arma because it's, just, it's a new language. It's, it's good. It's mm -hmm. a lot like what I was comfortable with in C Sharp. And I picked it up and just sort of, just kind of had fun with it. And while I was streaming... Uh, I remember Gravity Wolf and Dewan both came into my chat while I was working on just server mods. That was the first thing I did was like server mods. I wanted to figure out. I wanted to make. I wanted to make it so like when you walked into so your a town, first exposure like you with the Daisy modding community was Gravity Wolf and Dewan. Yeah, and you did oh, yeah. run it, streaming. No, they were awesome. They were great. <laughs> I still I, love them. I can't resist having to go, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still great friends. It's great. But they were so awesome, and they were cool about just bringing me in. And like any dumb question that I had about stuff, they were like, "Oh yeah, this is how you do it." And I was like, "All right, cool, thanks." And then I would go and I'd you know dick around for an hour and a half and figure something out. And I I, I still have that mod somewhere on my hard drive. The first thing that I ever made it was a it was a little just like a little beeper that would just show you what town you were walking into when you went into it. Like it wasn't classic, you know, like little boop, 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 when you walked into Belota. So that was like one of the first things I did. And then after that, I was still working on my server, and I'm, because this was this is kind of what led me into the editor, right? It was like I was still working on my server, and I was like, "There's no editing tools." Like I, I wanted to put, I wanted to make like a uh, a trader up where the old Epoch trader used to be by Northeast Airfield, like Clan, I think it was Trader City Clan at the top of that hill, and I wanted to put like a castle and stuff there, make it look, make it look cool. It's like there's no editing tools for DayZ. What the hell? I feel like I can possibly do this. And then I was like, I don't know. It, it was like that, that was over the course of like two weeks and I bounced some stuff off of Mark and we went back. <clears throat> but that was kind of like, that was kind of what started me and Daisy and, and modding, I guess. So one of your first projects was the beginning of the Daisy editor that everyone is just, you know, oh. Happy people like that. I'm happy. It's, I'm happy it's stuck. That was one of the. That was one of the projects that definitely stuck. That I was happy with. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you've been so successful at modding in Daisy, by comparison to say others who may have been modding for longer? Um, I think I, I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying before, uh, where I like to make something feel like it's a polished product, something that could have been released by BI, something that could have been done you know, fully by that, that doesn't feel like if it feels like it's a mod, it probably was done wrong in some way or regard. I want to go on a little bit of a tangent here because you just said something then something that could have been done by BI. Now there are some games like um, another game I play world of warships. Um, they actually have an official mod section. Um, they have a mod station that is approved by them. And basically any mod that goes on there needs to meet certain criteria. Do you think Bohemia need to introduce that for uh, their for their games? No, no. I think 
I think what Bohemia should have is they should have approved monetization for mods. Yes. I think... And I don't want to make it seem like stuff's locked behind a paywall because that kind of would be really bad. But maybe some type of... Um, I don't, offer modders some way to profit from the mods on the community other than, you know, what what we have, which is kind of janky and really annoying. Allow the... Because I know the Steam Workshop is capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. There's other platforms that already do this where you can sell your mods. Just have approved modders for the community that can sell their mods for x price i don't know how well that would work i'm not sure we've talked I feel about like it quite a bit on the, the podcast um you know a suggestion i had was after x amount of mods um basically the same way that uh youtube does its monetization program once you've reached certain benchmarks uh x amount of people subscribed um you know maybe a, a certain level of rating um, yeah, from people voting um, on whether it's a good product or a bad product, um, then you can apply to become a approved partner. Um, now, whether Steam did that or whether Bohemia did that, I don't know. But then it allows you to sell a mod for you know maybe as I don't know as little as ten cents, fucking fifty cents, a dollar. My, my I kind of think a dollar. I think you know a dollar's fairly accessible for most people. Um, mm-hmm. Then. Yeah, but at the same time, I do. You know, maybe even they subscribe to you as a modder, um, so they only have to pay that fee once. And if you've got eight hundred thousand people subscribed to you, um, you know that's eight hundred thousand um, dollars. They paid one dollar once, um, and you know even if you drop some of that off with Steam taking their cut or Bohemia taking a cut um, for checking it for approving it then that's a way to make it a potentially valid way of income. There's, there's definitely a valid business model to be made out of that. Um, you know, even if Bohemia takes X cut, I would not mind selling the editor for 99 cents. Hmm. 75, 50 cents. You want access? 50 cents. I like the idea of it being free and maybe, you know, add like, patreon benefits or whatever but stuff like that like it's such a small amount to some people but to somebody who spent several months working on the project and maintaining it it definitely makes it definitely makes it a little bit easier every time i open up that bug report page and be like oh there's this many bugs and i don't really feel like doing that one that one exactly it just keeps you going that is my key argument as to why there needs to be something because how many good mods like i one that one that really spoke out to me ages ago was lucian pin's medical attention he was the first mod that i'm aware of to look at the more complex medical side of daisy um you know where you needed to sleep to rest and you know more diseases and things like that and then i don't know why you may know he's a modder um maybe he said something in the modders discord but then he just abandoned it all and all i can think of is burnout what's a great way to combat burnout a bit of money coming in the fucking uh wallet every month from subscribers or stuff like that um you know you, you you said um needy when you were talking about the gaming community um yes needy's uh one word another word i call it is a bit entitled um yeah there's a lot of people who feel they're entitled to just you know all this stuff for free and then they don't they complain when you know the 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 frustration that is for me is the uh you know i almost want to get an emote made for it fix your fucking mod 
And it's Rallyan like, makes a really good point. Rally makes a really, really good point. And that was another point that I had was, you know, yes, if every single Steam Workshop mod was $1 when you wanted to run it, how much money would you owe to the mod? Let me go to my, hang on, I'm going to actually boot up Daisy just for the sake well, of it. Because servers, servers are running 60 fee, mods. Even just a $1 one-off fee. And maybe not a monthly subscription, unless you look at it, you know, like 10 cents or something like that. But if it's just a one-off fee... Um, I have 177 mods installed. So 178 $177 mods. over... Um, how many years have you been playing, Daisy? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not justified. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it would it would cause an imbalance. I think that's why the partnered aspect, or rather, approved mod, would be a good route to go by that. So that way, you don't have every mod on the workshop. I feel like Essacur is something people would pay money for. Mm. You know, THC Monkey and um and his partner. I cannot remember his name for the life of me, and I feel so bad. But those two guys, those two guys did an excellent job at Essacur. It looks fucking fantastic, Doesn't and it? they deserve. It? They deserve. I'd pay easily 10, 12, 15 bucks for that once it's finished. I, I, I'm glad play. you brought that up because I actually want to see them getting the level of support that Sumrak got for Damolsk. Um, oh, for sure. Because there's still so much work to do on um, Essica. Um, and I don't want those guys to get burnt out um, and abandon the project because Rob, what they've yeah, done Rob. is I literally needed some alone time the first time I jumped on that map. It's, it's mind blowing. Rob Hill, Ron yeah, Hill. Yeah, Ron, Ron, Ron Hill. Ron Hill, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's like uh, that, uh, that kind of stuff. in chat be... saying this would increase people repacking stuff. Can you explain yeah, that? Just... Well, it wouldn't, it, repacking wouldn't be much of an issue if you're an approved mod or a mo or approved modder on that regard. If you're in a specific partnership with Bohemia for whatever contract that you want to do for that kind of stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. it's pretty easy for them to do that. And it's not like, you know, it's not like Bohemia is going to approve every single piece of paper that runs across their desk. It's going to be like, yeah, they're going to review it like they would you know, like a reasonable thing that they would do, like they already do with servers and something like that. Because servers have to have monetization provisions if they want to sell for cosmetics or whatever, and people yeah. abuse that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen tons of people abuse that already. Unfortunately. Uh, Mario said he meant to avoid having users to pay for each mod. It would increase that problem. Oh. Yeah. I suppose the big thing is maps. I think maps would be the you, one thing that uh, for people who might not fully understand, explain what Mario's talking about there. Because I've, I've got a basic understanding, but what he's talking well, about. Well, what, what he's saying is, I sell a mod to you, and you bought the mod from me. You paid the $1 for the mod, and then you repack that mod into your mod on the Steam Workshop, which is free, and then re upload it. And then you get 10,000 downloads, and I only got $1, is basically what he's saying. Okay, so the straightaway, uh, what I think there, the easy way around that is like when it comes to buying a video game, you're buying the right to be able to use it, but not to sell it as an asset. So that would just become a, uh, although I do know that um, Steam's uh, DMCA system is pretty fucking woke. You'd have to, you would be so busy DMCAing people, I don't even know if it'd be worth the money, honestly. Yep. You'd be getting, you'd be getting, you'd be literally full-time DMCAing people because people in the DayZ community will just re-upload that all day long without your permission. Yeah. Even if you use every tool that you have in your tool belt against that, they will still do it. There will be people out there to do it. Kind of sad. Kind of sad. Yeah, it's a great discussion. I love having this discussion because it comes back to what I said at the beginning. There needs to be more support for you modders, but what the correct I answer feel like, is. Well, I just had a thought. Something. 
and I'll, and I'll let you go, but like something like official mods sponsored directly by Bohemia. So Bohemia buys the mod from you and then Bohemia resells it or Bohemia sells because that's exactly what Arma 3 is doing. Basically that. So I the, so the Essaker would be like Lavinia. Essaker would be like Lavonia is where it's literally a DLC map or Namalsk would be the same way yes. where it's literally a DLC map and you make X money from it. Now I know Adam does not want to make a, you know, a penny beyond donations on that. That's totally his decision. But something like that to... Because that would definitely make people really, really want to make maps and high-quality mods and full expansions for the game. <clears throat> oh, shit. Saramore's just turned <laughs> up in chat. No, it's not the thing Saramore's thinking about. Saramore's thinking about... Saramore's thinking about the other thing. This is, this is the other thing from that thing that's a different thing from that thing. Ah. <laughs> he, he knows what I'm talking about. Um, we'll get back on to uh, finding out a little bit more about you. Um... If you could add anything to the game, what would it be and why? Anything? Um, beyond just just like from like a, a mod that I've made to be supported by Bohemia. Adam uh, has hinted at the idea of making inventory move sounds vanilla, which I think is cool. Yes. Um, but if I could bring anything personally, I think I think I would I think I would use that power to hire Jacob to Bohemia to add his client-side vehicles to the game. So vehicles would actually be usable in a, in a large scale. I would, I would literally transfer my power to Jacob so he could put client-side vehicles in the game because mm -hmm. he's, he's done such a good job with that. <clears throat> Who is your favorite Daisy content creator? That's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair because i watch a lot of ceremonies in chat right now that's bias that's, but you just you waited until this exact moment to ask that question didn't you no it's actually the next question on my list of questions for you yeah okay well it's definitely yeah i'm changing my answer hold up uh, <laughs> no I, I watch if i if i looked at my watch hours it's probably a good tie between smoke and ceremony <clears throat> yep those guys are awesome i enjoy their stuff a lot it, it, it actually makes me very happy that Sarah Moore's finally achieved the recognition he's deserved for a long time. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, I'll, I'll come straight out and say it, a lot of that's thanks to Smoke and Day One. Um, Sarah Moore is, is you know, almost one of the kings of that mad sort of style. He's been doing that for so fucking long. Um, and he's finally uh, up there with the big boys now. It, it's good to see. Um, Sarah Moore's even agreeing in chat. Day one was a godsend. Do you do much with the day one service? That's where I play when I do play. Yep. You must have yep. priority queue. You must be one of the cool kids. I'm friends. I'm friends with them. They're, they're good friends. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the status reports back in the day? Uh, no, I, I, I stopped playing Daisy Mod when the status reports came out. <clears throat> Daisy, Daisy standalone. I was, uh, I, I actually remember Daisy standalone's release day in 2013, mm -hmm. very vividly, and how sorely disappointed I was in everything that it was, and how they they cared about it a lot. And I'm, and I'm, you know, they're my friends that I'm talking about who really worked on that game. But I feel like BI def, BI management rushed that game sadly, and it was, uh, it wasn't, it was not what we were hoping it was going to be, and we were disappointed. But then again. We were talking about it earlier, entitled gamers. So maybe I'm just an entitled gamer who expected way too much out of a company and just got disappointed. See, let's elaborate so on that point. Um, early access wasn't really a big thing back then, though, was it? Uh, no. Daisy was like one of the first games that yeah. was like really 
early so, access, wasn't it? I, I, I personally feel that a lot of the angst came from people not quite understanding what early access was and how yeah. early access was meant to work. Yeah, definitely. I think there was a lot of misunderstanding for that for a while, and I feel like, I feel like there still is. Mm. And even as somebody who helps develop stuff like that, it's like when you go for early access, you have to understand exactly what you're signing up for. It's not... Yes. There's games that come out. There's games that come out that people were like really hyped out for. Like, uh, uh, what's what's the one I'm thinking of? Dead Matter, Dead Matter I think. Yeah. Dead. Dead yeah. Exactly. Dead Matter. You took the words out of my mouth. That that game, people played for like a week, like who had early access or whatever for it, and they're like, yeah, this is not ready. But I mean, it's built to be for feedback. It's not really built for. It's it's large scale feedback is what it is. You know. Yeah, because the, the reason I ask with the uh, status reports, particularly for people who are more technically minded of yourself is you know what did you think of them and people in chat are talking about them sarah moore saying i remember when the status reports just started to become rehashed as a last month status report for like a year there was a lot of word waffle lazy and saying did you ever read any of them i've seen a couple of them um i remember them being very in detail like status reports specifically on the mechanics that they're changing excuse me Status reports on specifically like the mechanics that are changing and stuff like that, but I don't, I, I never read into them enough mm. to, to see one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> what, if any, advice would you give to the dev team if they happen to watch this? Well, that, that question's kind of irrelevant for you because you talk to Adam quite regularly. So I'm certain. I talk to, yeah, I talk to the dev team very regularly. Yeah. Um, and my advice is uh, you guys are doing your best. All right. And we, as a community, appreciate you. Keep doing it. And if anybody tells you you're doing the wrong job, you're listening to the wrong people. Yeah. Because they are, even if people aren't going to agree with every change that they make, at the end of the day, it's your vision. And Adam specifically, you guys keep it up. And he's got a good vision for Daisy, in my opinion. I know some people aren't happy with it, but I love the direction the game's been going. They're trying new things. They're not, af- they're not afraid to experiment. Yeah. And I'm glad for that. I'm happy for that. They're going, that's the only way that good crazy good new things happen sometimes you got to crack some eggs to make an omelet you know yeah it's like that's why it's my profile picture you know sometimes you got to crack some eggs to make an omelet so on the egg you gotta you gotta crack the eggs you gotta sometimes change different things you gotta do new stuff to play around with it yeah daisy has obviously always been like this military simulator that people have seen it's going to be controversial if they want to make changes like that but if it's if it's changes you know let them play around with it. If it doesn't work, they'll put it back. Do you think that they should be doing something um, now with some sort of updates um, publicly? I know they do the patch notes, um, but you know, just something giving people a bit more information. Uh, kind of where I'm heading with this is we've been t- chatting on the podcast about the lack of people actually going and playing experimental. And then when the patch gets dropped into stable, everyone gets their knickers in a twist and... Yeah. I mean, if you didn't play experimental and give your feedback, then sounds like part of the problem. I mean, if you want to, if you want to be on the team and you're on the team and giving feedback to people, that's the place to do it. Yeah. Don't sit around and wait for experimental to finish to give your feedback after the fact. They read the feedback tracker and they read the stuff that you guys post and, and that everybody posts, and they are very, very good at reading. I promise you, they know English. All right, <laughs> they are reading those terribly weird things that people have to say on Twitter and. Uh, I don't know how it doesn't get to them, to be honest with you. I don't know how it doesn't drive them crazy, but they do read it. And if the vast majority, if 60 to 70% of people are saying this is not a good change, 
then I promise you they're changing it back or they're figuring out a different way to approach what they were trying to accomplish. They're going to take your feedback seriously. They're people just like we are, you know? So, they're, yeah. I mean, like, the, the, if you want to, like, get change early and get your voice out there, play experimental and get with, get with it. Because, like, I played experimental and I gave my feedback to the guys. Granted, I, you know, DM'd Adam and I told him, yo, the garden plots are fucking floating, dude. Can you fix that, please? But other than that, like, I mean, it, it doesn't go much beyond that. Mm. <clears throat> From your perspective, what's your biggest gripe with Daisy? What what bugs you the most about it? I mean, I don't think it bugs me with Daisy. I think it, I don't even know if I want to say this, but uh, well, I guess I'm ruining all my chances of getting a job at BI now or remote work. Uh, upper management and how poorly they've treated the game. They have really Daisy has sadly become the cash cow for Bohemia, and they just care about Arma. They're, they are understaffed, they are underfunded, and just... It's really, it's really sad. It's really sad to see, because I know they want to hire new people, but the people that they want to hire are, you know, they're going to be underpaid and not really appreciated or, or brought in like they want it to be. Like, Bohemia Upper Management has absolutely taken the shit on Daisy, and it's terrible to see. I think... With, with what the development team has had, they have some seriously passionate people behind the wheel. And they've done a great job with the resources that they've had, but they're limited to those resources. And until they get some people who are actually experienced in the areas that they need, they're, they're screwed. Like, There's I, not I much that they do. don't even have an animator on the team now. No, they don't. And that just... To my, knowledge, my to, my knowledge, to my knowledge, and this is not leaking anything private or anything like that, it's to my knowledge... They borrow from the uh, new project, the unannounced project, over to Daisy when they, knew, when they need stuff. And I'm sure that those guys who get borrowed complain about that because we're on such a dated version of the engine. We don't get all the new toys that they have. They don't, they have, they don't update the engine anymore for reasons. I 100% agree with you, though, mate. And, um, you know, I, I guess I'm never going to get sponsored um, on the podcast by Bohemia either. But you throughout all of these years you always were left scratching your head at some of the decisions that were made about Daisy. and when you know the people who were in charge from Brian Hicks to Eugene to Sumrak um, and anyone else I may have missed, you know, Dean Hall they all had the best for the game but it just seems like they were yeah, you, know, you do wonder just how influential BI was in Dean Hall leaving the project. I think there were many strings pulling at the project when it was back in Dean Hall's time. I think now at least they're they know where they're going and they have a direction. Cuz you can tell with like the status reports and stuff. I feel like the status reports were a lot of overcommunication, you know. Mm. They didn't need to say a lot of that stuff cuz a lot of stuff just ended up being like blank words guys working on projects for two weeks and then realizing it's not reasonable, but they already made a status report about it. And they've got guys who want to do different things and they want to be creative and they're all creatively driven, but they don't, they, they don't get all of it done or the view goes in the wrong direction, stuff like that. At least now, one of the benefits of having a small team is it's easy to know where you're going. What are your next steps? Where are you headed with this? What's going to be the, the next thing that we need to work on? That's one of the benefits, I suppose. Yeah. 
What are you looking forward to the most in Daisy? Future. The the plans that they have for stuff like environmental hazards. I think those are really cool. I think it's nice to see some variation. Mm -hmm. I like the I like the idea of environmental hazards. I think that's fun. It's not tedious. I I would like to see them do what you talked about. Uh, get in contact with some of these map modders and look at porting these um, over, making them official DLC um, and getting them to console as well because you know, love it or hate it, console's here to stay and console's a great way for money to keep coming into this game. Yes, mm -hmm. they're probably using that money to fund that unannounced military simulator, um, but surely some of it's still got to be going back into Daisy. You know, the longer we can keep Adam and the team employed and maybe get some more people on their team, yeah. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I think you wouldn't even realize the amount of times that I've seen people in the Namal's Discord or Twitch chat saying, how do I get this map on console? It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It really this, is. It really Adam puts is. all this time into the map and only the PC guys get to play it. It's like, well, it's available to you now if you go to Amazon and buy a computer. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Um... Mods, not, not counting any of your own, what mod do you love the most? What mod do you think has brought the most to DayZ? I think expansion brought me back to DayZ. I think expansion was fantastic Yep. Um, in its own regard, even though if people were, you know, really stringent and disappointed with how it, you know, wound up to be, I think expansion was amazing. Um, and I was happy to work along those guys for a while. Um, I think, and I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be vain or anything, but I think the Mosque as a map, Adam did such a good job with. I'm so happy with, you know, I'm so happy with that map and how he changed what we, how we see Daisy mapping. I had, and, and to be clear, I had literally zero part. I was only in the Mosque for the last three months of the project before it released. All right. Mm -hmm. I didn't even get to see the map. I built the EVR storms on Ternaris, but like him working on that map he did such a great job with the environment and with everything with all the hazards and just bringing this new light onto daisy i think i think he killed it i that's probably one of my favorite mods and i was i was so honored to be kind of involved in that for me it was, was, uh, was uh, with, along with Namolsk as well Namolsk survival um i made a tweet and i loved your reply to it he dares compare animation at um to Nomolsk, but <laughs> people, I think, misunderstood um, my tweet. I wasn't talking about Nomolsk the map. Nomolsk the map is great, but at the end of the day, it's just a map. I was talking about Nomolsk survival, and up until Nomolsk survival, from what I could tell, barring maybe like medical attention, most mods were just reskins and you know additional new items and code locks and things like that, but pretty much working within the framework of the existing game. Namol survival, you added this storm that did shit to people that, you know, the, the, the first time I saw it, what, I loved watching videos of people's first reactions if they didn't know what was coming. Plus, you added something to <clears throat> DayZ that was so needed, and that was that permanent impact on your character. If you did not care for your character, if you just ran around like an idiot with a gun, and just tried to kill everyone and didn't worry about getting to a fire, getting a heat buff, improving your clothing, um, and even keeping your character alive, 
up until Namol's survival, barring medical uh, attention and um, the work that our Hell Retex um, or Hell uh, Hell Rework, I think it is, has done, everyone was pretty much just thinking inside the box. And that Namol mm-hmm. survival mod that a bunch of you had your hands in, to me, was the 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 one that redefined the game for me. It was great seeing so many run and gunners changing their styles. You know, Smoke um, has always been a bit more immersive, but the likes of Lax Hawthorne and others having to stop and light fires and, you know, just it improved so many people. It was it was a game-changing mod, and I can't thank you and Sumrak and whoever else worked on that Namol survival mod enough, mate. I'm happy. I'm happy that it had that impact. For anyone that it had that impact, it makes me really happy to, to hear that. There's nothing I like more than being able to push what people see on a game yeah. or what they see in this, like, like this experience. And if it does, I mean, if I pushed one person beyond that, I mean, I'm happy, you know? My target audience is one. Normally it's me. <laughs> but seeing that seeing that, and seeing it bring, like, I, I, I think probably the week after we released Namal's probably one of my favorite weeks ever. After we got past all the bugs and all the bug fixing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was it was so great. It was such an enjoyable time because I just got to see all these people just like see Daisy for what it could possibly be yes. in this different because Daisy is so good for modding, so good. You can do anything. You you can do so many things with this game. Can you elaborate it, on that? Because you sometimes hear people say Daisy is such a pain in the ass to work with. I mean, okay, I have the luxury of not having to model or map. The modeling and mapping tools are from before I was born. They were from Operation Flashpoint. They are terrible. But the scripting is fantastic, and that's the stuff that I touch. That's that's where I've got my fingers in. And that stuff is actually really fleshed out and well made. Because most other games, you think like you think of other games that you can mod, like GTA, and you have like, you know, 5M and stuff like that. That's all like Lua. You could do C sharp, but that's pretty much Lua, a lot of people do, which is a you know, a lot of people like to like Lua. I hate Lua. But like it's a it's like this thing that has been like established, and it's a just a language. Daisy has taken a completely different approach and they've kind of pushed the on they pushed the envelope so we can push it further. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of modders are are were afraid to do that for a while. I, I hope I've I hope I've inspired a couple modders to, to do some crack crazy weird stuff like teleporting guns and zero G areas and stuff like that. And I, I hope it pushes them because I, I see some crazy stuff in the modders discord. There's a lot of mods out there. Daisy is a pain in the ass for people who have to work on modeling and, and mapping. But scripting is pretty damn good. Yes, I am hating on Lua. 100%. So you agree with what Nanda Banda says? Anyone who says Daisy is hard to mod for is just not competent. It's mean to say, but Daisy is one of the most moddable games. That's agreeable. You have to have a lot of patience to do what Banana does too. Banana does a lot of modeling and importing and working with Object Builder. You have to have a ton of patience to do that. I don't have. I don't have that patience for that kind of stuff. I like to see my code work on the screen, and that's it. I don't like to have to worry about, you know, making the gun sit right in my hands and having to deal with all these weird different bugs that happens and when the mag goes flying 30 feet in the air when you reload it and stuff like that. I don't like to deal with that. Do the skills that you would learn modding for DayZ translate to anything else outside of it? Sure. Yeah, I mean, stuff like the editor is like a full design software suite. It's akin to, I've had to build every system involved in the editor to make it work, to have that fluid, the fluid actions and being able to do stuff like stuff like that can easily transfer over to a regular software. Even just regular modeling and importing, every other game has that. 
still very usable. Even if it's not on the specific tools that most companies use. But mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time, most companies are using proprietary stuff anyway. Yep. Proprietary. <laughs> One last question before we start getting into some more um, uh, personal ones and that. Um, how many people per server do you think is the sweet spot? Depends on the map. The malls? Uh, 40 to 50. Mm-hmm. Probably, four, probably closer to 40. I think that map is pretty good where it is. Uh, Ternaris. I like, I like Ternaris servers filled. 120 people if you can do it. If you're, if you're running like a close to vanilla, fill that shit up. It's a big map. Yep. And I don't, I don't play enough Livonia to tell you, but it, it's very map dependent. Livonia is such a funny map though, just because of the way it's laid out. Not a lot of people bother heading south, so you end up with a lot of people along the river. And it turns into yeah. a bit of a shit fight. But um, it was quite popular there for a while. Uh, because of that reason, people could run from town to town and knew there was always going to be interaction. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I've got some rapid-fire questions for you. Just say the first thing that comes into your mind. Favourite long-range weapon? In real life? What? In or in-game? In game. Tundra. Least favourite long-range weapon? Pistols. Favorite auto weapon? <laughs> oh, uh, M4. Least favorite auto weapon? Uh, Scorpion. Hate that fucking gun. That thing annoys the shit out of me. KOS. It's fine. First I'm person guilty. or third person? First person. Favorite place on the map? Trenaris? Any map. What's your uh, favorite location? Athena 1 when shit's going down. Favorite server? Day one. Public or private service? Public. Oh. So you're not a community service. I actually probably should word that. Official or community service? Oh, community. Community. There we go. Um, what has kept you modding for DayZ? This is an elaboration on Foxy's question. The people. I've made a lot of good friends along the way. Many of which are in chat right now, hanging out. Uh, and they're all like, they're all very much good friends, great friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and they keep me going and they keep pushing me. And, you know, even if a lot of them aren't modding anymore, they're still yelling at me to do weird stuff and modding and, yeah. and kind of inspiring me. And there's other people in the modders discord that inspire me all the time. I get asked weird questions and I'll jump in and I'll keep going. And that pushes me to do other things and continue on from there. But it's the people. Sure. Now, it if anyone in the chat has a question, now's the time to start posting them because we're getting uh, down to the final ones. But um, <clears throat> you've answered a few questions for me um, already just in the general conversation along the way. Um, what do you think the devs could do to improve the game for modders? Well, I have like a couple of very specific things, but... Go for it. Now's your time. You know, this is going to sound really crazy, but I think crazy is good. Uh, after you guys release Arma Reforger, backport it to Daisy. In, you know, convert all the models. Say, fuck every mod that has ever released in your entire life. We'll get over it, all right? We can re-import our models or give us the P3D converter. But backport Reforger once it comes out. Because, holy shit, half of this community wants to do great things, but nobody wants to use Object Builder. God, it's terrible. So God, what, it's what, terrible. What's Reforger? The, the, uh, 
unannounced military simulator. The next thing that's on Infusion. Whatever comes yeah. out, whatever they're coming out with on Infusion, whatever that's planned is. When you got when Bohemia releases that, backport it. Put a couple of the guys on it. Give them like it'll take them three weeks to probably do it. Maybe 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 a month or two. But backport that shit because it's good. Expose everything. That too. Give me the source code. Give me give me the source code. <laughs> Just give it here. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on zombie hordes roaming, running through forests or cities, climbing and screeching about? That sounds terrifying. Please do it. Can the game handle it, though? I keep hearing people say the game can't handle that. The game has a hard time handling large amounts of zombies in areas. So, like, Vorkuda on the Mollusk has its issues. Like, if you look at Vorkuda, it lags your game more than if you look away. Mm-hmm. But if you have stuff, like, spread around zombies and hordes and stuff, as long as you're not getting too extreme with it, it should handle <clears throat> would it um, go well on a server like Namolsk, being smaller, than it um, would on a map, say, like Chernaris, which has got a... I think Chernaris of... would benefit. I think Chernaris would benefit more from events like that because it's much more open and there's more space between stuff. So if you're, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, you're going to, you're going to not only like, um, you're going to make people have to fight hordes of zombies in the middle of the woods, which is going to bring other people in a two kilometer radius around to that area and spark PvP. It's going to kind of bridge the map more. It's going to be more helpful if you do something like that. Jadvi asks, thoughts on volumetric clouds, viability of implementing them once again? I told Bohemia, I said, listen, I, you know, I've worked with shaders before. Hit me up. I'd be happy to help you guys put them back in. I love them. They look great in 6.3. <clears throat> They're awesome. How so proud are question. you of your editor tool? Thank you. I saw one other question. Uh, thoughts on a desert map and time period? Oh, I missed that one. Uh, I think a desert map would be awesome. Yes. I think we have... Or a jungle. I think something hot would be fantastic. Jungle. I think Livonia should be hotter. I think Livonia should be hot as shit. And that should be the challenge. You, everybody should be running around in shorts and a t-shirt all day long. If you have too much... If, you're, if your clothes are too baggy and you've got this giant pack back, backpack on, you should overheat if you're running around the whole damn map. Yeah. <clears throat> that should be the challenge. Like Namalska's is cold, Livonia should be hot. We or just talked about recently there was a patch in DayZ that was very hot and everyone running around in ghillie suits. They spent half their time hiding in bushes, the other half lying in creeks and um, ponds and stuff just trying to cool down um, so they didn't um, die from heat exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Um, I... As, as much as the desert map would be nice, um, and I'd probably come around to it more because I remember when Winter Chernerus first came in and there was no ground cover to hide in. Um, and in the end, I thought, well, actually, it's you know, it's it's easy to run around because they can't hide as well to see uh, to ambush you. Uh, but the thought of a jungle map, oh god, that may, that gets me quite excited. Like something like a rainforest, something dense that you have to that you yeah. have to fight the elements there. Just anything that inf- that employs more environmental hazards is fantastic and i've seen people who want to do that and maybe some of them have definitely gone on to do it um but we'll have to see and see what they come up with because i think it's gonna be awesome what do you <clears> think <throat> about the rumors that ceremony is a car he's a car he is a car he's a car he's a car. definitely a car chat. his his uh what is it his uh receiver streams are just he hires somebody for that he's definitely a car <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, the editor tool. 
You must be yeah. pretty proud of that, Mike. It's it is my most complete project so far. I'm I'm quite happy with it. Even though if it frustrates the shit out of me and it's it's such a pain in the butt for me, I'm I'm happy. Would it be possible to make Easter eggs trap players? Somebody came to me with that idea earlier, and I actually kind of wanted to do that, but I thought about it a little bit and realized that it's kind of really awkward. Because what do you do with the guy that's stuck in it? What's that guy get to see? You know, is he in is he in Eggland or is he just black screen? Are you going to stick somebody in your inventory for two hours straight? That seems kind of cruel. So, as fun as I think it would be, I feel like it'd be a, a bad gameplay yeah. mechanic. <clears throat> Unless you added some type of balancing, like the player who's inside the egg can spam their space bar over and over and over and get out of it. You crack the egg after a while, but... How much longer have we got you modding in the DayZ community, mate? <clears throat> That's a hard question to answer. Uh, I want to say I'm going to be around for a while. I'm not sure. Once Arma comes back, I'll definitely be here, but for DayZ specifically, I'm jumping from inspiration to inspiration, and I'm going to be moving to school soon, so... I can promise by the time around f that, that fall comes around, I'll probably be uh, much more scarce. It's not just not, you, but there's Edgar, been a number no, of modders talking about moving on from Daisy. Why do you reckon that is? Um, uh, it's hard to find projects that's fun and, and enjoyable to do all the time. Like, Jacob was out for a while, and now he's working on AI. But after AI is done, I'm sure he'll be back to... It's, it, modders want something that can challenge them and can push them and, and give them new things, you know, while we're all, you know, enjoying ourselves and having fun and want to do it. Find something that pushes what you know about Daisy and pushes you further. That's the big thing. If you have an idea that can, you know, that's going to push the envelope of what we know about Daisy and is doable, I mean, feel free to hit any of us up. I, mean, I feel like that's that's kind of the big thing, the next big thing, you know? I've got two last topics, um, both things that you've been personally involved in. The creator server, mate. Mm -hmm. How much of a stress was that for you? What went right and what went wrong? That was uh, that was fun. I think for a while, for a while it was very fun. It was also very stressful at the same time, considering Erno was in the hospital. Uh, I, he's doing much better now, but he was in the hospital at the time, and it was very unfortunate timing that he was, because I think the creator server would have been much more successful with him at my side. Um. But, I mean, I just did it for fun. I just did it to see what would happen. I mean, I, I put a little bit of money into the server, and that was really it. And it was some time for mods that I planned on releasing anyway. And I got some, I got inspiration out of that. And, you know, in return, the community got some mods out of it. So, I feel like I'm not really disappointed that it stopped. I, I was happy with it. It was fun. It was a good time. I loved it. I, I, I thought some of the interactions on there were absolutely gold. Um, <laughs> but I think that was part of the problem, whereas the when you mix role players with, and this is not a go at the role player community, but no. role players don't play well with others. They're used to playing on servers that are very controlled and allow them to develop their storyline. And when you throw in the likes of an Uncle Ray Ray or a Saramore into the mix, it's gonna go. It's gonna go to shit. I. I agree. There's a reason why OTV split the servers, and they were right in doing so. And unfortunately. We were whitelisted at about 130 people at the time, uh, and we were well through the entire larger content creator community of DayZ, so we didn't have the resources to split into two servers. We had a hard enough time getting 20 people on the server at a time mm. during peak hours, let alone two servers. That would have been 10 people per server. That would have been a dead map. I, I couldn't, we couldn't have done that. 
even if it was easy to make a second server, we could not have afforded to do that. We would basically have to publicize the server. Because there's not enough content creators in DayZ. Rust has, what, 30,000 people watching it a day? DayZ has three. So. But I, no, I, I enjoy the Critter Z. And I think my favorite interaction with the Critter Z server was Paul going up to Wardog in that one building and, <laughs> and, and Wardog, Wardog was standing there in the corner behind him. I distinctly remember this because I was watching and I saw Wardog do it. And Wardog was standing there staring at him dead in the eyes. He was just looking him down. And Paul turned around and got jump scared by it. He was like, what the fuck? Who? He's like, Brain's just like, hey. And Paul's like, hey. <laughs> They stared at each other. It was like the shortest interaction ever, but it was so damn funny to just watch those two guys. Because Wardog's a modder, and he's done a lot of mods for the community. And yeah. Like, seeing those two guys just together was just, it was weird. It was something that you don't imagine seeing. It was strange for me. But then again, they're, you know, they're friends and whatever. So it's kind of funny for me, I guess. Mine was um, Uncle Ray Ray taking someone out right in the middle of the EVR storm. It was just, you, <laughs> could, you couldn't have scripted it better. I saw that clip. Yeah, that was a great clip. Yeah. Um, Daisy EXP account. <laughs> Pride Please and joy. Explain. Um, heavily inspired by the Disneyland to go account on Twitter. There's a parody account that parodies Disneyland. Yep. I think it's fucking hilarious. And I was laying in bed one morning and I thought to myself, we should make a parody account. There's not enough comedy in this community. We need to make a parody account. And I said it to Jesus one day. Jesus is like, what the fuck's a parody account? What are you talking about? He thought I was, he thought I was crazy until I came with him or came to him with like the first tweet idea that I had. And I'm like, tell me this. Tell me it wouldn't be hilarious that the Daisy account. Let me look at the tweet. Actually. I, can, I, can... <clears throat> I mean, we're still going pretty strong to this date, but our first tweet was, hey, survivors. We heard your concerns about cars becoming uncontrollable and starting to fly. To solve this issue, we will be adding wings as an attachable item in 1.11. Which, like, that was the first thing, that was the first thing that happened to come to my mind when we were thinking about it. We're like, that's gotta be like, can you imagine the actual Daisy account tweeting that? And so many people fell for that shit. People still fall for it to this date. It's great to watch. But so many people fell for that. It was so funny for us. We were sitting in our chairs laughing our asses off. We're like, we're going to get... As the so podcast account as well and trying to add as little to it as possible <laughs> just to see if that's going to expand the reach of it. I know you replied to me once. Boy, do you realize that's the experience? Yeah, yeah. I just, I love oh, it. you didn't realize that at first. You didn't realize no, it at first. You replied to it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I just love okay. extending the, the troll factor of it. Uh, oh yeah you've got sure. the rocket and the the moon symbol and all the rest of it which the official account yeah have. the the rocket toilet cactus they have i don't know what they have they're like heart controller computer we're like rocket toilet cactus yeah why does why wouldn't that work <laughs> i think and we once actually i may have retweeted something without um verifying it i think i may have once done that but yeah it's i i love it <laughs> I, I i think it's brilliant that and um the other daisy satire account as well um, there's a few of them popping up, which I think is great. It just adds to the the vibe of the community, in my opinion, and we need more stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, doesn't bother me. I like. I think some some of them are uh, some of them made some like bad choices because it's important. What one thing we thought about when we made the account in the first place was: listen, we have boundaries that we need to follow. Okay, we can't we can't like bait people into thinking there's some sale going on or whatever. We can't bait people into thinking that we're going to release a new DLC. 
You know, nothing that's going to actually impact Bohemia or make it look like it's misleading their brand. And as long as we follow these rules and we're reasonable about it, we're good. You know, it's all in fun and games. I would say good friends with the lead, uh, the project lead of DayZ. Oh, yeah. And I imagine you've (laughs) got a good relationship with Scotty and the marketing team as well. Yeah, Scotty's Scotty's a good friend too. Um, I won't go go into much of that, but Scotty, yeah, Scotty, Scotty and Adam, we're, you know, we're tight. And it was a very good conversation that we had when we first came up with the accounts. Like, listen, we're just, it's a joke account. We're not going to say that we're the Daisy account. We're not going to mislead people. And we still get people to this day. We had a thread to Cause I thought it was, I was laughing so damn hard at this. Somebody. All right. I can share my screen if you can look at it. Yeah. So somebody thought that Daisy tweeted, uh, thank you for your feedback. Yes. I'll be looking at cleaning potato peels with the server restart. Yeah. Uh, somebody responded and then said, then somebody said, these guys aren't the real Daisy devs. They are a joke page. This is the real Daisy account, by the way. Yeah. Somebody responded saying it's the joke page. And Scotty posted that to us. Scotty told us, and we were like, and he's like, yo, they're confusing us for the fake account. So Scotty responds, I'm a real boy. That's real. It's like, my bad guys. I'm sure you guys know that you have something who is, or, uh, that you have someone who has made a joke page and seeing y'all so active and joking with the community so, so unusual makes me happy. And then I got on the experimental account and I responded, am I a joke to you? <laughs> I tried to stay out of this stuff, but I thought it was too funny. And then he still didn't realize. Know who she's confused now at this stage. They still don't know. They still don't know. They said to that, I just want to say I love what you guys are doing for the game. I feel like something should be changed and others added. It would be blah, 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 blah. Community did some of your decisions. Maybe do a poll with a few things that would like wait to be added. And then Scotty responds, wait for it. <laughs> I was di- I was dying at this earlier. I missed, earlier. I missed that whole interaction. And that, oh my gosh. That is the sort of stuff. Like I, I still think back to what is without a doubt the golden age of Daisy Twitter was when Yakub and Scotty were tag teaming people, trolling, and oh my god, it was. I remember Brim and I were just, yeah, you know, like little schoolboys. We added a segment to the podcast, Daisy Twitter Watch, because we were just, we were, oh, they need to do more of it. They really need to do more of it. It just, it's good to see Daisy having a bit of fun. Yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, I think that's really important because it's been serious for far too long. People need to have some more fun. It's a yes. game. People t- people have a habit of taking this so seriously. Just oh. let your hair down. Have a little bit of fun. That's what we're here for. Almost like <laughs> you aimed that message directly at me. Then after the week, I fucking had. I'm aiming I'm aiming that message to everyone. All right, that's that is a unanimous message. Everyone needs it. <laughs> everyone needs to just chill out. There's, you should see, there's a lot of feedback coming out for the experimental patch where people are just like, this is terrible. Uh, you guys are making the worst decisions. And some people are like, I love this change. It's yes. great. Well, I've, I've been having an interesting That's discussion so um, with Marx and uh, Mike Doherty um, about the Uncon status. Um, yeah. I know there's a large segment of people who aren't happy with the, the Uncon status. And Marx has got a really good example of when it uh, goes against you. Uh, some bloke outplayed him, uh, managed to hide in a ghillie and popped out from behind the bushes and just started shooting him and Marks pretty much did a ragdoll. There was nothing he could do. And he goes, it sucks when that happens. And I was like, but it's rewarding that guy for playing tactically superior. So I will. Yeah. I played experimental when the, um, when everyone was getting stunned by heavy caliber. So I got actually, I got into a, a shotgun fight with someone at Northwest airfield. I had a saga. I don't know what he had. 
but whatever the hell, I think it was an AK or something, whatever he did have, he hit me, and I got stun-locked, and so did he. So we shot each other, and then he gets stunned, and I get stunned. And then we both run away, and then come back, and then we both stun each other again, and then at that point, my camera got bugged because of getting stunned. It's a stupid bug that happens with the game, and is being exacerbated by the, the new stun mechanic. So... I was, I could not aim my gun anymore. I got the, the, cur- you know, the, the bug where you're aiming down sides and it goes yep. off to the side. I got that bug and he won the fight specifically because of that bug. And it was so annoying because it's like, well, I understand that you get knocked back, but I feel like my personal opinion is your shock needs to be, or your, I'm sorry, your stamina needs to be lowered. Mm. Not your, not getting like hard stun locked, hard stun locks in games never really work well unless they're implemented like perfectly. And in this case, it just feels like it was phoned in and they just like, oh, we need to add something. Let's add something here. And instead of reducing someone's stamina from getting shot in the chest and knocking the wind out of them, they just decide oh, we're going to stun them. And it's eight stuns. Yeah, but see, if you knock someone's stamina, they can still uh, aim from the hip. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's something you have to worry about and maybe you change how the stamina system works, mm. stuff like that. But if someone's, if for instance, you can't aim down sights anymore when you're at zero stamina, Versus some, that would be very annoying when you had zero stamina, so you'd have to think about that. But if, just for instance, you were forced to aim from the hip after you got shot, whereas the other guy could aim down sights, and he got the jump on you. That's his advantage, right? You can't aim down sights anymore. Your arms are down. Maybe, maybe they add broken arms and you can't aim down sights. That would be good. You just got your arm blown clean off, so you're, you're working on your other arm and your imaginary finger here now. That's all you have. You're about to lose this fight. How are you going to win it? Maybe You're playing the from accuracy of your aiming from the hip is tied into how much stamina you have as well. Sure, something like that. Something yeah. specifically like your gun is... You have something... There's so many different yeah. things you can do, but stunning... Stunning... I've watched stunning ruin Overwatch. Don't let it ruin Daisy, please. Okay. Stunning... Stun mechanic ruin Overwatch. Like, I, I'll give a very specific example. They released a hero called Brig to the game. Totally trashed the... Totally trashed that game. That game started downhill from that hero release stuns can ruin games if you're not careful they need to be used very carefully and in gunfights eh, it's not really worth it because hip firing like sarah moore was saying in chat is op at the moment it's like perfect accuracy um it's, it's yeah. very very op so i think that's actually a good middle ground look at some way of um tying your accuracy of hip firing to your stamina um so that it reduces slowly the longer you're in the hip fire mode um, and that the impact of it, rather than stun locking you, knocks your stamina. Well, that that to me seems like. But at the end of the day, I'm just happy they're trying something, because yeah. it was broken before, in my opinion. Um, and they, you know, they're, they're they're trying something now to hopefully minimise the amount of trades um, that happen. And but your example shows that that's probably not happening. You know, you and that guy just um, continuously stun locking each other. Well, they changed that. They changed it to so... I actually... I, I'll be honest. I gave that feedback straight to Adam. I, I DM'd him after that. I'm like, Jesus, you gotta relook at this. Mm. And I, I, I would hope that it inspired him to make the change for the higher caliber. So where, you know, 7.6254 impacts you much more than the other stuff. I know what they were trying to go for there, but, you know, it, it needs balancing. I agree with Sarah Moore, actually. I think the Dead Zone was probably really cool. From 6.3, I actually really like the Dead Zone. For like the three hours that I played 6.3 with DOJ for his video, I loved that. That was actually really, really cool. And I never played Daisy at that period. I played Arma 2, and then I played Now, pretty much. Like, anything between them is, it's all a fuzz for me. So, 
I liked the dead zone that they had in 6-3, where you turned your camera, and there was actual, like, your, your gun was all over the place. I don't like that there was a crosshair that reflected where your gun was aiming, but I'm sure you could turn that off anyway. But stuff like that actually felt much better. <clears throat> yeah. I, yeah. D dead zone would definitely make modern crosshairs obsolete. Just anything like that. Just yeah, to give your... just expanded on what we were saying. You know, Tarkov is a good example. It's the same life death cost as DayZ, except for insurance, with uh, losing your stuff. No stuns, but hard messes you up. Hard as a substitute. No stamina, no running. So getting hit and, you know, tying it into the caliber that hits you as well, the higher the caliber, the more stamina. Um, and, yeah, the, there's, there's definitely something there, you know, if they're listening, uh, maybe that's an alternative. You tried something? Um, I'm I, sure reinventing dead zone. Now why people are upset about it, thanks to you and chat. I'm sure um, re-implementing dead zone would be really, really hard, but in the current engine. But something to start with to play around with is the idea of the fact that Tarkov has the mechanic where if you get shot in the chest or whatever, you have zero stamina. You are out of breath. You can't aim your gun. So if you're in the middle of a field and you're running and you get shot in the chest, instead of getting stunned, just get fucked up, mm. basically. You, get, you, you take a hard hit to the chest. You can't breathe anymore. Similar, you can't end up. Similar effect in that it does minimize what you can do, but it still allows you the chance to, you know, maybe uh, snap that bloody uh, miracle shot off where you dome the guy with a flick of the wrist and uh, gives you something rather than being caught turned into a the, dancing puppet the gap between the 99 percent or the the gap between the one percent chance the oh i might be able to hit this shot to literally zero percent because you can't move your character at all that gap is so huge in games yeah. it's ridiculous yeah as a player controlling the game for sure i'm glad we had this discussion mate because i was um not seeing what people were trying to explain but now i understand it um and yeah yeah it it, it, it comes back to you should never totally make a player defenseless. Other than if you go uncon, if you go uncon, that's as a result of you know they've gotten enough shots into you or something like that. But if you're still conscious, there should still be some, even if it's remotely small chance that you can get yourself out of that situation. You know, if right. you're caught in the middle of a field, it's your own fucking fault for running across the middle of a field. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. Yeah. I want to panic and spin 720 screaming, not get stun locked. <laughs> <clears throat> um, are there any titles of games coming up that you're excited for? Sandbox. Yeah, uh, sandbox talk about Sandbox. I only just found out about this. Sandbox is the spiritual predecessor to Gary's Mod. Mm -hmm. Gary's Mod being the modding platform created on the original Source engine that was, you know, fantastic. I never involved myself in it, but I'm sure it was great. Uh, sandbox is basically a modder's playground. Uh, it's made for people who just want to throw ideas out there, put something in a game without having to worry about this crazy amount of asset importing and all this weird stuff that you have to do with Unity or Unreal or whatever. It's just a, it's just something that you just do. It's just, it's a great streamlined thing. I'm working on trying to get it, but I don't have enough clout to get into the early access for Sandbox. But I'm trying, I'm trying to work what I've got to get into it because I think Sandbox is actually probably one of the best up and coming modding platforms available for anyone. I said successor. Did I not say successor? What did I say? <laughs> I didn't say predecessor, did I? I thought Damn you it. said successor. Maybe I'm I was pretty sure expecting you to say successor. successor but yeah, spiritual successor. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's like literally... Oh, you said predecessor. Fuck! I, All right, well, I, I heard spiritual it successor. successor. I knew, we knew what you meant. 
Bloody grammar yeah. Nazis. Mario's got a point there. There's a couple people that, that are very... The, the beta program is very out there. I don't know how... Like, there's some people that are getting it, some people aren't. I don't know. Maybe they're, they're probably friends with Gary, and a lot of the guys, they're probably modelers that don't really do programming, and they're not... You know, they're, they're doing some weird things, and they're like... I don't know. I just want to... I want to get my hands on it, and I just want to send. I want to just kind of make wacky stuff just to, just to have fun. I actually want to get on the project's development team, but I don't have time for that anyway if I could. What advice would you give to people thinking about buying DayZ? Do it. Fun game. Uh, there's a lot of... There's something for everyone. You like roleplay? There's roleplay servers. PvE? Go for it. PvP? Deathmatch? Survival? I mean, survival's like the main aspect of it, but it feels like there's so much more beyond just that. Do it. It's worth yeah, it. I'm going to throw game. a clickbait question in now. How big is this weekend's announcement for DayZ? <laughs> Mario has some high standards to live up to, but I think it's going to be awesome. I think I think it's going to enable a lot of people to do some good stuff. Yeah, which is in in the modding community, that's that's huge. Yeah, uh, anytime somebody wants to release a framework like what he's doing, I think it's going to be big. What can we expect from you in the future, my friend? I'm working on a few things in the background, but I've got nothing to promote or say. I've got nothing set in stone. I'm just out here having fun. If, if something rolls across my desk or something fun happens, sure. Uh, and I can promise that I'll be maintaining stuff like Namalsk and the editor throughout the next probably forever. They're going to be something that I stick to for a long time. And you said you're streaming a bit more these days? Yeah, yeah, I've been actually uh, enjoying streaming quite a bit. There'll be links to his Twitch, to his YouTube, to everything in um, the description of the video, folks. Um, I've just shared your uh, Twitch channel in chat. I highly recommend you go in there. It's a very engaging stream. You are, and this is no offense against any modders, but I've watched some people modding before, and it is like watching paint dry. Uh, they're so absorbed in what they're doing. Um, but it, to your credit, you're actually, a, you, you say you are... Um, um, uh, aren't that good at communicating uh, but I've seen you when you're modding and you're it's almost like you go into the zone you're just you're, you're you're chatty and you're laughing and you're you know you're you're flicking you you seem like you got the attention span of a goldfish at times to me you're constantly flicking backwards and forwards between stuff it amazes me you get anything done but it's bloody awesome yeah, I do my best, on a, especially on a modding on stream. I haven't modded on stream recently, but I'd, I'd like to get back into it because it is fun. Yeah, here, here goes Boyd. He's leeching again. I'm, just, I'm the biggest fucking leech in the community, folks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the spotlight to the leech light. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I... Yeah, I've been enjoying streaming a lot recently, and I, I, I would like to get back into it just casually because I burned myself out before. Don't, don't do that, <laughs> mate. That's what worries me. And again, I want to go all the way back to what we were talking about at the beginning. What is one of the greatest ways to stop people from getting burnt out? To make sure they've got a source of income. Which brings me to my next question. What is the best way that people can support Inclement Dab? Can we subscribe to you on Twitch? I have a Patreon set up. Uh, and I also have a donate button on my website. You can send both of them. What's your website? Put it in chat. Dab.dev. Dab.dev. I got really lucky with that domain. <laughs> Work in progress website, but...
Hey, if you go to the 404, there's cat facts. Cat facts? Yeah. Cat facts. Dab.dev forward slash 404. No, I will not dab for you, Edgar. My Patreon has definitely been out of date, but uh, I, I, it deserves some updating. Though cats can notice the fast movements of their prey, it often seems to them that the slow-moving objects are actually stagnant. There you go. And if you just keep it hitting F5? Really? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't fact check these, alright? I just put them in there. Uh, hey, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Mike, thank you so, so much. You you are truly a very, very talented individual, mate. And you, you're a very um, engaging person as well. You say that you're not socially... Um, uh, uh, you, you can't talk underwater like a, well, a mouthful of marbles like I do, but I, I disagree, mate. You hold a conversation very well. You're a fascinating person to talk to. You've made, you know, there's barely a person in the community who doesn't speak highly of you. You've changed, Daisy. Um, you just came out of nowhere. Um, this whirlwind of mods and devs and um, all sorts of stuff, mate, that just took us all by surprise. Um, please, you know, from, from, Everyone, please accept our gratitude, mate. You've, you've done so much for this game. Like I said, you've been instrumental in what was uh, one of the biggest mods of DayZ, which was Namol Survival, which got people thinking about different ways to expand the game. And previously, until then, it had been medical attention, which wasn't really well embraced by people. It was only the more hardcore servers, whereas you made hardcore more normal. Um, you know, you took the heart out of the hardcore um, <laughs> and it created so many more interesting engagements. You know, how many times you see, uh, you know, before, if you saw a fire, you would stalk up on it. Now you see a fire and it's kind of like, man, I need to get to that fucking fire. Is the fire being used as a bait or, you know, the spawns and people are just going up and talking to each other and just it, it, it improved the game in ways that a lot of people just didn't quite fully embrace and understand. And I can't thank you enough for doing that, mate. I'm happy, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, for real. And thank you, everyone who supported me along the way. And I can't thank you enough for letting me leech off you in today's spotlight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're embracing that joke. It's good. That's funny. Uh, it's mate, really funny. I, it, it, I, I was very upset the other day, but uh, I, if I can't... Um, uh, poke fun at myself. Uh, I, I do enjoy a good roasting. Uh, we've always been like that on, uh, with the podcast and stuff like that. And yeah, I'll run with it for a while. I, you know, I might get a emote made up or something as well. Um, it seems that people are enjoying it. The, le, le, <laughs> okay, my name is now Leechy73. That's good. <laughs> that is. That is good. Thank you so so much, mate. You you and this this isn't just a, really a spotlight on you, mate. It's a spotlight on modders. Um, 
Now, the last one I did was Arkansas, I believe, way, way, way back when. I'm trying to track that bastard down to find out where my fucking hype train is, by the way. Um, we will never, we are not going to let up on him until he releases hype train. In fact, give me one second. At Arkansas, where hype train. I owed him that this week anyway, so. It's been done again. Awesome. Because <clears throat> that, that trailer that he released, mate, oh my god, the hype. The fucking hype train. Um, and then he goes and releases that troll fucking post with the Molsk as well. With train tracks on the Molsk. And we're like, you bastard. You motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you so, so much. Not just to you, mate, but to all you modders. Because without you guys, you know, we can all be honest. Daisy would not be where it's at right now. Modders um, saved Daisy, um, And... Modders are going to keep Daisy going. You know, I I was a few weeks ago worried that Daisy was on a, a bit of a downward uh, spiral, um, and then Mario reached out, um, and the reaction you know from people like from someone like you to to be hyping up in the manner that I talk about you to people and what you did with the mole survival. We're talking about what he's releasing. It's just you guys are the fucking the the soul of this game, um, and I I want people to realise that. Modders are just as, if not more important than content creators and streamers. They're just people who know how to play a silly video game. You guys are keeping this game alive for them. And if you can, I say it again, um, please find a few dollars to go in and support these people. Because yes, you can say, I appreciate you, but nothing says I appreciate you uh, like a few dollars in the... Um, wallet of someone who's working hard to keep a game you love going yeah and i, I know there's a lot of modders in chat right now and i think um i think my thanks extends to them too because they they have helped me and they have shaped this game so much in the past year it all works so well as a general rule yeah yeah there's there's so uh, they're just they're great they're awesome and i'm just one guy in a large system of many there's so many there's so many guys out there making awesome stuff, and they they all. They're you want to see a good community? Join the Daisy Modders Discord. The amount of love and help that gets shared amongst people. Hey guys, I'm having trouble with, and someone will jump in and fucking help them out. They're not all mean like Helkiana and tell them to work it out themselves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Helkiana has been really helpful recently. Okay, she helped. She even helped me do some stuff. It was great. Helkiana is awesome. Okay, she only scares me a little bit. <laughs> and he scares you a little bit <laughs> only a little bit mate thank yeah, you guys so like you, so guys much like you, you, you have um uh you, you've you probably have to have a little bit of an idea but um you know from someone like myself mate who's one of the ultimate daisy fanboys i can't thank you enough mate and you know if, if you lived in my neighborhood i'd be buying you a fucking beer every time i saw you mate <laughs> i got one right here i'll drink to that I got my little bottle of cordial, so I'll drink to that as well. A salute. Absolutely. Odd phrasing coming from someone I suspect to be three people in a trench coat. Hey, I'm only tall because it was made that way, okay? It's not my fault. <laughs> so we managed to um, work out the most important thing, folks, which is that Ceramore is, in fact, a car. If Inclement Dab says that is the case, then that is the case. Thank you so, I've, so I've much, mate. I will let you get going. <laughs> um, 
I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, mate. This is one that um, I've been looking forward to for quite some time. For sure, man. Thank you for thank you for the spotlight on the community, and thank you for what you do for modders. It's great. Uh, we all appreciate you for real. Even if you do laugh at my stupid antics when I put my foot in my mouth, we have to. We have to. It's a. It's important. It's a pivotal step in the process of modding. Okay, it's never going to get better. I'm, I'm like I'm like that bad uncle that everyone has who gets drunk at the party and everyone just sits there and goes, <laughs> "Is he here again?" Oh god. <laughs> oh god. All right, guys. I'm gonna head out. Take care, boy. And thank you, best, everyone mate. in chat and everyone who supports modding. You guys are awesome. Peace, guys. Cheers, buddy. Thank you.